0: Welcome
1: to the Welsh Yogi Podcast. Okay, everyone, welcome to the Welsh Yogi Podcast. It's me, man? Gopal. We got back to Ben, Charlie as well in the studio audience. And we also have back to Paul with us as well. Say hi, Krishna, Paul. Hi, Krishna. Hi, Krishna, Paul. Paul's so,
0: legend. Paul's from the valleys.
1: Uh, Aboriginal Welsh yogi. Nah. <laughs> yeah, There's a sheep noise there. <laughs> so now we're. Uh... Anyway, now we've got onto the invocation, which is the first Sanskrit mantra of Sri Isha Upanishad. So, those who are new to our Welsh yogi podcast, this is where for the next um, 30, 40 minutes or so, we'll be um, going over this wisdom literature from India to try and uplift our, our hearts and our minds and get a different different view on life, a different perspective, a more spiritual perspective. Is that right, Ben?
0: That's spot on. So like this is episode five. So the first four episodes, uh, we've got this book called the Shriya Upanishad, which is like an amazing book. Uh, I was looking into the history of the shriya Upanishad and like they're, they're, they don't know where it, where it originates from necessarily, right?
1: No, it's given in the list of Upanishads yeah, yeah. and it's always given the prominent position. It's always first and it's always um, held as the most important of all the Upanishads, Upanishads, the the mystic sort of um, branch of knowledge that was in the Vedas.
0: Isho, the word isho means something like source, right? Or or creator or, uh, anyway, but yeah, like, um, so we've, the first three episodes we read through the introduction, which was like a really, really cool, like, um, lecture that was given by his divine grace AC Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who's um, sort of started the, the Hare Krishna movement, the Krishna consciousness movement. In the West, yeah, and, and basically we established like there's so much stuff like author different authorities like accepting different types of authorities. And
1: yeah, he's, he's establishing. So we've done a short introduction where where um, Prabhupada, who's who's generally accepted as the most authoritative um, translator and sort of um, conveyor of this spiritual knowledge in the world, um, and he was given the I don't know what the word like epistemology of. Um, understanding spiritual science so like the way that you um experience and attain this knowledge so now we're in the invocation um i know that was a bit intense should we just start do you think
0: yes, yes. we
1: should so do an invocation like our uh, own we
0: should do a uh, the the Namah invocation. yeah
1: that's the that's a general sort of standard way if you want to approach spiritual literature um there's a mantra you chant beforehand which we'll all do together now Om nimo bhagavate vasudevaya. Om nimo bhagavate vasudevaya. Om nimo bhagavate vasudevaya. <laughs> so the first is a Sanskrit verse. Um, so this is the original Sanskrit. Om pranam idam pranam idam pranam. Sorry, Om pranam idam pranam idam pranam Prunashya prunam adaya prunam eva vashishite. Translation. The personality of Godhead is perfect and complete. And because he is completely perfect, all emanations from him, such as this phenomenal world, are perfectly equipped as complete wholes. Whatever is produced of the complete whole is also complete in itself. Because he is the complete whole, even though so many complete units emanate from him, he remains the complete balance. Hmm. Purnam means complete in Sanskrit. And this om is the complete whole. I'm just going to read the first part of the purport. The complete whole, or the supreme personality. sorry... The complete whole or the supreme absolute truth is the complete personality of Godhead. Realization of impersonal Brahman or Paramatma, the super soul, is incomplete realization of the absolute complete. So what's being said here is um, there's different realizations of the in it, you know, of, of spiritual reality, and it's in different levels. Mm-hmm. And it's saying that the complete realization is this realization of um, the supreme sentience, the supreme consciousness from which everything comes. And then the supreme, abs- the supreme personality, Godhead, is sat ananda vigraha So realization of impersonal Brahman is realization of his Sat-feature, was aspect of eternity and paramatma realization is realization of his sat and chit features, his aspects of eternity and knowledge. But realization of the personality of Godhead is realization of all the transcendental features, satcha and ananda, or bliss.
0: Mm. Yeah, like I guess there's quite a lot to unpack there for someone who's just like a first time sort of listener. Like there's a lot of technical terms and things that you can break down, you know? Yeah But we've got like this It's interesting how he says The person that I got ahead is Sat, shit, ananda, vigraha So this is this is something we hear quite a lot This is So the sat is, 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 is Eternity Eternity
1: um, Or existence Yeah So that's the It's very Existence is sat So it's like a principle that we exist mm. You know And then there's chit Which means consciousness So we're aware of our existence mm. And then ananda Which is bliss or pleasure mm-hmm. so these are the fundamental spiritual principles of reality that ultimately stem from the source of everything yeah. so these these are the base. so we exist ex- there is existence there's awareness of that existence or consciousness mm-hmm. and then there's ananda or pleasure um, spiritual pleasure so which can be um, distorted when we're in this material world yeah. so it's very interesting so it's not just you know, so it's the base, like, material, you're not just matter. Because that's, okay, that exists, but there's an awareness of matter. And then not only are you just aware, but there's also uh, a pleasure, and we're looking for pleasure and love and and things like that, you know?
0: Yeah, because it, cause it says the Supreme Personality of Godhead is constituted
1: of those three things. Yeah. But actually, the living entity is also, like... Made of the same things. Yes. I mean, so, it's, it'll come up often. I think we might have to keep revisiting this personality of Godhead yeah, yeah. sort of language. So personality of God. So Godhead comes from the German word Godheit, as we explained before. Yeah, last week. Yeah. Which basically means the whole reality of everything. Everything, you know, like everything is meant the to be complete, contained. They're talking about the, com- yeah. the, like the complete. So everything... And if you're dealing with everything, you can't put aside consciousness. Mm. So therefore, included in everything is consciousness. So therefore, when you're talking about everything, you're talking about a personality as well of God of the Godhead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like you can't you can't say um everything and then discount consciousness. You mm. has to be included. So therefore you've got the personality of Godhead, which has these three principles—existence, awareness, and ananda or pleasure and love—and yeah. so previously in
0: this purport also, Prabhupada
1: said that
0: realization of impersonal Brahman or Paramatma, the Super Soul, is is uh, incomplete realization of mm-hmm. that. So, like, there's different ways of. Of um, like of understanding this, yeah. There's this Godhead. There's different levels. There's different uh-huh. tiers. You know, so you have got like the first first stage is Brahman, which is kind of it says here that like um, Brahman is realization of his Sat feature, so that eternal aspect of 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 yeah. like so like you know you you always hear of people like like they have this realization that there's like a, an existence beyond this time that we understand. You know, like because because yeah. in these bodies we've got these these like we've got this body and we're in this universe and there's the time ticks, but there's a way, there's like people understand that there's something beyond that material yeah. time. Like it's really quite a big topic, but like,
1: especially like big topics. But this is what the Sri is really introducing us yeah, to yeah. like, and it shows how, you know, and this was, this was spoken thousands of years ago.
0: Mm.
1: You know, you know, we think like back then people were like cavemen and like hitting each other on the head with clubs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you read this philosophy and, okay, this is profound, yeah. which is why when they um, with the Germans and eventually the British, when they went into India and they saw this this Sanskrit language, this philosophy, their minds were blown, you know? Yeah. How the how has such a civilization existed for so long? That's, that philosophically and culturally is so much more advanced than, uh, than ever, anything we've been privy to. Yeah. Paul, what do you think so far? Is it all making sense? Well it's uh yes, yeah, it's, it's really deep and just trying to make sense. <laughs> I'm just thinking that um
2: like when when you're talking about like the um impersonal Brahman, is it like um sort of um uh you're talking about the sun's rays as opposed to the sun itself? Yeah, the sun. is it are you kind of I read that somewhere. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's a good example. Like you have the the sun and the sun shine. So if one wants to experience the sun, then you can experience it to some degree by the heat on your skin, you know, from mm. the sun for the mm. molecules of the... So you can't really separate the sun from the sunshine. It's sort of one, but then there's a difference as well. Mm. So, uh, but if one really wants to, I guess, experience the sun, then there's more than just the sunshine. There's the actual sun, you know, star sort of thing. And then, um, and then you know... <laughs> you can go onto that planet and yeah. who knows, you know, maybe there's beings with different bodies, different yeah. constitution to us, you know, and there's all sorts of stuff going on there. And...
2: Yeah. Hmm.
1: We could hmm. carry on. Shall we carry Yeah,
0: on well, no, and that, so we've discussed Brahman, in, so the impersonal Brahman, and then the second level is
1: Paramatma. Paramatma, yeah, it's... the Atma in everyone's...
0: Yeah, so it's like this this, this concept of this godhead, this personality <laughs> being exist, he's he's he's. There's
1: a far out word, yeah, godhead. Godhead,
0: you know? yeah, it's cooler than God in one way,
1: because prior God, the word God isn't enough. No, and but people are freaked out by the word God these days. Yeah, know? same, like it's... you know, in one sense, even having God in the word Godhead is enough to, yeah. you know, in one you want to start with a verbal clean slate. Yeah, yeah, which is why it's good to have like Sanskrit words and things, because our conception of God, particularly what's been sort of brand, brandished about by, you know, say maybe Christianity and all sorts mm-hmm. of other um, religions that we experience in the West, sort of given God a bad name and given us preconceptions of our ideas of God before we even approach yeah. um, the subject matter like this, you know. So it's, you know, I think... Um, it's, a, you... it's like a, it's a, it's like a turn-off, isn't it? Like you hear the word God and you're just like, look, I
0: don't yeah. want to know about this. This is like... It's religion, and all religion is just for controlling people. And yeah. that was always my conception. And you meet people on the street, you know, like, um, they're just like, nah, don't talk to me. I'm not religious, mm. you know. But there's something way cooler than all that in these books, you know. Like, we're talking about the nature reality here, like, all of this stuff. <laughs> you don't have to, it's not like stuffy, sort of Sunday school. No, but, meh. Yeah. I like, Sunday school is all right as well. To all, to all <laughs> those Sunday school people out right there.
1: Yeah, it's just, and it's, you know, if we can get rid of these misconceptions about a, a god character in the sky with a beard, you know, th- th- hur- hurling like thunderbolts at people.
0: Yeah.
1: And really deeply understand what's presented in this Sri Upanishad and the Bhagavad Gita is this idea of the, like the and under principle. So there's awareness, there's existence, but there is a there is a deep need and desire to love and be loved. Mm. you know to f- to have loving relationships you know it's a very fundamental part of reality and it's that is the real essence of understanding this supreme consciousness or god or, or krishna mm. you know that that um that's something to really uh really think about it's anyway it's, in, it's interesting yeah you
0: know? yeah i just think
1: as well, like Satsha and
0: under. This is, this is what we're made of deep down, you know, the soul. Yeah, And we're always trying to express that in some way. Like, no one wants to die, right? Everyone's, everyone, they're, they're, deep down, they know that they're like an eternal being that wants to exist forever. Because we're in this body, we're like forced to die and everyone's strug- struggling with that concept because it doesn't feel natural, you know? The same as like, um, like you said, with the loving propensity. Everyone wants to love and be loved, you know? It's like all of these these. These constituents are deep down in us. You know what I'm saying? Like, so we're trying to express them in one way. Yeah,
1: trying to express them and explore them. You know, don't just push them to one side and think, hey, you know, maybe I have all these things because it's just some fluke of nature. Mm. You know, and now I'm just, you know, in some senses burdened with these things. Therefore, I have depression, and you know, um, so it's just some fluke, and therefore I've just got to get through life as, you know, muddle through life as quickly as I can with, you know. Um, but, you know, with as minimum distress as possible and try and maximize my, you know, sense, sort of my pleasures. Yeah, yeah. But we should really explore this consciousness, this existence. really explore our loving propensities, you know, deepen our relationships with each other, which would be automatically becomes deepened when we understand um, the whole. As I said, Prabhupada says later on in this purport, that any feeling of incompleteness... Is due to incomplete knowledge of the complete whole.
2: Mm.
1: So if we feel incomplete, that's because we're not fully um, experiencing our own uh, completeness. I sort of think. Hmm. Yeah, because that because that
0: that deep down aspect of ourselves is complete. You know, who we who we are deep down is is already a complete. So like whenever we, we whenever we don't feel complete, it's because we're not connecting to that completeness about ourselves you know hmm. so like we're we're identifying with the non-eternal aspect of ourselves with our body with our with our you know with our temporary situation that's that's one aspect of it so like yeah
1: it feels satisfied yeah we
0: don't feel complete because we're like looking for that we're looking for that that tushti as we t- talked about before satisfaction in the wrong place like yeah. so it's about connecting
2: to that what I mean, really, then, if you don't feel complete, what I mean that there's still attachments to something you surrendered, like like I might not feel because I'm obviously rel- relatively new, um, so I might not feel that complete. Um, so does that mean I sur- I'm so surrendered somewhere then that I rather than the Krishna surrendered somewhere else?
1: Hmm. Mm. Um. Well it may, we all I, spiritual life is a real sort of um, i mean I found a very exciting um, journey, and just like the example is given if you're hungry and you start eating a meal, you can feel yourself getting full oh I'm starting to get satisfaction so the the you know the proof is that when one starts to f- embark on spiritual Um, in spiritual life, then as you probably um, could see for yourself, you gradually start to feel more complete. Mm -hmm. And that gradual feeling of becoming more and more complete or more and more um, balanced and wholesome as a person is good evidence to see, okay, yeah, if I keep going on this track, then my completeness and my, my wholesomeness will expand and expand. And actually spiritually there is no limit you know to how much that can expand I was watching a debate yesterday between um who was it between it was between um Heard and Under Mirage or um it was about epistemology like understanding what how do you know what's true what is not true um it was quite uh it was quite interesting it was okay it, it was um, it was a bit long i think yeah between Dr Howard Resnick and um uh Matt Hunty who's um, famous for being a, um, a sceptic, an atheist, you know. So he was, you know, and, and a lot of these, um, he was, ge- look, it seemed like he generally sort of, you know, a lot of people like, look, if you show me, if you show me the spiritual life, then I'll accept it. But if you can't really uh, show me, then I can't accept it, you know. So he was quite... But it was very interesting because they're talking about epistemology, like how do you know something's true? Like for something to be true, it should be independently verifiable. Um, so, and it was very interesting how one of the sort of things that was brought up, or brought out, at least I um, understood from it, is that, you know, this genuine sort of spiritual practices and spiritual life is objectively verifiable because the 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 test or the experiment or the process is open for anyone to try it. And by trying it, you get genuine experience of um how it works, you know. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was quite interesting. Cause I was thinking, yeah, if you really want to know who you are, you know, what the what's you know, who am I? What's the goal of life, you know, then you have to you have to start with consciousness. What is consciousness? You know, because you are con- you are conscious. Mm-hmm. So what's your, you know, and then if you follow the the reasoning, like, okay, so either consciousness comes from uh, a chemical combination of matter, or it comes from something else. We use the word spiritual, although spiritual may be quite a vague word. So then, so, okay, it, first of all, can consciousness be produced from any combination of chemicals? Um, there's no... Yet there's no experiment, even though there's many examples of of life being produced in this world, you can't get the chemicals in the laboratory and produce consciousness um, yet. So therefore, if one wants to keep asking the question and not just wait for, you know, cross your fingers and maybe there's an answer, then one would, you know, why not delve into this other world of knowledge, which is more like philosophical or the different religions of the world? And then there's a different branch of knowledge that, you know, claims that consciousness is spiritual and gives, if you, you know, do your research right, it gives specific um, ways in which to experience that consciousness as spiritual. And as one starts to endeavor on this Bhakti Yoga experiment, when you, they use their, their body and their, their mind and their senses in the laboratory, then they start to get tangible realization of, um, of genuine spiritual life. And that's the three principles of epistemology. You have to um, be able to prove that something's true. Um, it has to be true, and you have to believe it's true yourself. Mm-hmm. So, by experiencing Krishna consciousness, we you give people the experiment by which they can verify Krishna consciousness, mm-hmm. and then the truths of real, genuine spiritual life and Krishna consciousness are are, are brought out.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know if that's Charlie. You, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, okay, boy.
2: Yeah, I know it's a bit off topic, but like when the um when the mantra course, I've been like imagining.
1: Oh, you've been doing the mantra yeah. series course, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Online. It's
2: like um, I've been sitting a lot better. I don't know. Think, oh like, yeah. Like using like um like um like someone's pulling up on your head and a string and moving. Oh, you've been so doing your hard. homework.
0: Doing homework. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It helps. Aligning your body, mind, and soul. Yeah, yeah. yeah it <laughs> helps.
1: You know, that's that's the gut, you know, and I was speaking to some of this, like um, about this the other day, they were asking about yoga. And in the Bhagavad Gita, it talks about yoga, how to sit up straight, align the... But the whole point of yoga and having good posture and, you know, being able... Is because the yogis of ancient India would practice this yoga in order to sit properly so it was easier for them to control their mind. Like pranayama, to breathe, to control your breathing is purely so one can help focus their mind so these days the the, all the actual meditation side or the real purpose of yoga is lost in all of the um actual stretches and some one yoga teacher is telling me that actually all the yoga that's practiced in the yoga schools today is actually all um concocted from germany so the germans went to india got some of this yoga but then over time it just all um morphed so i think ravinda shrupi was saying like it's all just, um, you know what I mean? So, the real yoga science is in Bhagavad Gita. It's the, re- it's the t- most authentic textbook in yoga. Yeah. And if someone really wants to be a yogi, then um, they'd have to, you know, you have to go into Sriya Shri Panishad, Upanishad's Bhagavad Gita, because it's more than just the stretches. And what you get in your, you know, Monday night yoga class is just something some Germans made up. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, perfectly. no, I heard something similar like, um, you know, all these different sub-yoga systems are ultimately meant to line you up for Bhakti yoga. But they're kind of like, they, they, they enhance the Bhakti yoga experience. So if you're doing all of this, if you're keeping your body in line so that you can do the Bhakti yoga, then it's great. It's like a condiment. But yeah. then, like, the main meal is the is the Bhakti, you know? Yeah. So, like, I heard someone was saying, like, too many people are just getting stuck on the chutney and they're just eating the chutney all the time, you know? Just doing stretcher yoga. Just getting lost in that, but... Yeah. it's about the
1: the bhakti at the top. Yeah, I mean we probably don't have time to go in uh, at some point we'll delve deep into the the whole yoga ladder, as presented in the Bhagavad Gita. Mm-hmm. Cuz bhakti yoga is that alignment of the like we said, that loving propensity really aligning the the heart and one's consciousness with in love with the um, supreme conscious and all the energies around the world and seeing the world as a spiritual perspective um that's bhakti and then all the other types of yogas like there's a yoga jnana yoga karma yoga they're all in order to cultivate this mentality mm. that um i'm actually spiritually um a loving servant of every every living being spiritually mm. and the heart should be so selfless that one doesn't want anything for themselves, and just wants to love, care for, and uplift everyone else. Mm. And the yoga system is br- to bring one to this consciousness that, you know, real, you fall in love with every living being because you're part of Krishna.
0: And that's like our real position, isn't it? To be, to be in that servant, servant position. Like, yeah. like we were talking about earlier about how like we have these, we want to live forever, but we have a temporary body. But we get we get reflections of that servant propensity. propensity like you know, like it's always better to cook a meal for someone else and cook for yourself, right? Everyone kind of gets that feeling. Like yeah. when you cook it for yourself, it's kind of okay. This is nice, but you always put more effort in when you're cooking for someone. Yeah, if
1: you cook for other people, because you're expanding your loving, your yeah. loving relationships. You know, so what better way to expand loving relationships or living beings and to contact that? You know, really be in in yoga in union with the source. Of everything mm-hmm. if you love ev- if you love the source, then you can love every every being like they give the example, you water the root of a tree, mm-hmm. you nourish all the branches and the leaves of a tree, but if you try and water each individual leaf, yeah. you know it doesn 't work, you need to water the root so similarly, if this loving propensity is flowing towards the the source of existence, which is what youshi shapanishad is trying to train us to do, then one like I said, one actually falls in, in love with every. Spiritual being, and you dedicate your life to uplift uplift everyone you can, yeah. and we 're kind of totally opposite in school, like yeah you should you're
0: an individual <laughs> yeah. leaf, you should water yourself and then you'll be happy, you know yeah kick yeah. the other guy down, you yeah. know, try
1: and try and <laughs> get to the top, yeah at all costs that's the thing you have a choice you know this is so competitive to be the best, you know everyone that that it's such a competitive field yeah. you know what I mean, better uh, go into the field of trying to uplift everyone else. Mm. You know, because not many people are doing that, so there's a lot of opportunity to be that kind of person. Yeah, you know? but the, the whole the avenue of trying to, you know, step on the other guy's head to lift yourself up the ladder. You know, that's that's a crowded crowded atmosphere. You know?
0: Yeah, that's where I come from as well. I'm like my natural propensity is just to like try and be the best at everything in the world and crush the
1: you know <laughs> crush the opposition. I'm gonna crush.
0: I'm gonna destroy and win. But like. <laughs> This is what as I've started this path, this this sort of spiritual path, like I've started letting go of that crushing domineering mentality, mm-hmm. and it's, it's such a weight off your shoulders. Like it's just like it doesn't need to. It, you don't actually need to win. Yeah. You just you just need to like do the best you can. You don't have to. You, you know think I mean? it's
1: because of fear? Sometimes I think it's because of fear that we think. Yeah. You know. It's like cause of, so Yeah, insecure, vulnerable. Yeah. Perhaps we think, yeah, if I don't, you know. I, I'm not worth anything. If everyone else is better than me at stuff,
0: yeah.
1: then um, who, what am I worth? You Because know? we have no idea of our true worth. Mm. As like spiritual beings, we try and measure, we measure ourselves up against everyone else. Mm. It's really, yeah. Uh, so therefore we're only worth something if we can beat everyone else and then that's the whole like...
0: Yeah, it's like, because uh, yeah, I guess we, we are, we are all quite vulnerable, really. Oh yeah. Like, but if you if you can focus externally on, like, external factors, then you don't have to look at that squidgy jelly baby that's inside you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. which is, but but actually it's it's kind of nice to, it is, it is nice to stop looking outside and start, you know, like, yeah. let go of that because cause then you actually start to become the best <laughs> in, like, a weird, twisted way. But not really, you know, like, you're not in the best in that way, but you become the best you can be. Like, you start to become the best version of yourself rather than, like... I'm the best at, I don't know, rugby or, you
1: know, you, yeah. you you just you just, yeah, it's just better. Have you ever seen that film, The Dead Poets Society? No, yeah, I
0: remember that.
1: Yeah, with Robin Williams. Yeah. I have never seen it. There's what a point that? in the book, like, I I think it might be in a book originally, but it was also a film, wasn't it? Robin Williams, yeah. and there's a bit in a film where he goes, he has his classroom, like, and they're all like um, pushed by their parents to. It's like a very private school, I think, to be very academic, et cetera. And Robin Williams plays like this quite, um, uh, I guess, charismatic English poetry teacher. And there's a part in a th- he go He go he shows them, he says, come with me, come come class. He goes out of the, the door and he, sh- he shows them the old pictures of the previous people who had been in this school. It's a whole wall of these old black and white photos of different classes and different people. And he just goes through them all and he says about how Most of these people are dead now, you know. And quite a sober atmosphere emerges. Um, And the point is brought across that these kids are starting to realise that, you know. What's it all for? You know, if I can't really be myself and live my life doing the things I love, then uh, what's the point? Because it all just, you know, slips through your fingers so quickly. Time. Time um so similarly you can you know if you if we always try and have this competitive attitude then eventually you'll you'll look back and yeah okay you were the you're the biggest you know you won the, the gold medals and you you know the best at doing this and best at doing that but what's really important is how rich you are in loving relationships and to be rich in that then you have to really care for people and uplift others rather than um, bring everyone else down. Mm -hmm. Someone was telling me one of the original Tarzan programs, I don't know which one, the person who played Tarzan, he just ended up, you know, old and, you know, disabled and and he would just watch videos of himself being Tarzan over and over again, you know, he was just living in the past. This was my my body, my my muscles and stuff, you know, I was such a handsome person, Mm -hmm. but he's just, you know... Mm -hmm. Yeah, this life's just a flash, really. Yeah, so get your priorities straight. You know, there's different um, regrets. I watched something on BBC once about these end-of-life nurses, and they were saying what the biggest regrets were of people who were dying. Um, And it was things like, you know, I worked too much or I didn't spend enough time with my family. Um, I didn't uh, do the things I wanted to do, you know. Mm. But when I've seen people who have dedicated their life to a spiritual path. You know, I've seen many sort of back the yoga practitioners, people in Krishna consciousness. Um, they have no regrets. You know? mm-hmm. I've lived my life really just developing myself internally and spiritually and now I'm reaping the fruits and the results as I'm starting to close the curtain on this world and move on. you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I host. We've yeah, only just nice. read a bit of the purple yeah. it's so deep
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is, isn't it you can, just, you can just zoom in yeah you can just find so much to talk about with these subjects and that they're, they're eternal in their own way
1: do you know where we were or? i think we're on um when one realizes the supreme person he realizes these aspects how long have you gone for it anyway charlie he, he realizes these aspects of the absolute truth in their completeness so we might just um Maybe I'll just end this paragraph. Vigraha means form. So this is an interesting point, actually. Thus, the complete whole is not formless. If he were formless or if he were less than his creation in any other way, he cannot be complete. The complete whole must contain everything both within and beyond our experience. Otherwise, he cannot be complete. Mm. So there's not only a Satchit Ananda, these three principles, but there's also Vigraha or form. Bottom, yeah. It's part of the conscious soul actually to have form. Not exactly like material form like we think of, but spiritual form. Mm. And you can tell that because um, if once the soul is in matter, like in a, a body of matter, then that matter starts to take form, you know, like in a in the womb or and it starts to manifest form and then it maintains that form. But when the soul leaves, then the form disappears and it starts to dissolve, you know? So that is So you can similarly tell then the the conscious, the soul also has a type of form. Mm. Just like if you have a, a glove, if you put your hand in the glove, you know, you can tell that, that you can see all the what a hand is, even though it's covered by the glove. You can see its form, how it moves. Mm. If you take the hand out, then the glove's just flat again. So similarly, you've got this like, material elements when the soul enters you start to see okay this is the so it's got form yeah. you know consciousness desires and then when it leaves then you're just left with dead matter again mind-blowing Mind mind-blowing yeah so therefore the source of everything must also have form mm. otherwise you know what's in the effect what's in the cause what's in the effects must also be in the cause mm. otherwise where did the effects come from so therefore Consciousness, personality, form is also in the the cause as well as in the effect.
0: That's awesome. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I, I'd say drop the mic on that. Drop the mic. Drop the yeah. mic on that. It awesome. Okay. A wonderful episode. What was this, episode five? Episode five, yeah. Hopefully by episode six I'll let you know how the uh, Alexander technique goes. And, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: That was cool. If anyone listened this far as well, make sure you write some kind of comment to us. Something like that. Yeah, we want get responses. You. Yeah, if you've got
1: questions, smash them in. Because we're just giving our own sort of what we've learnt and our own experience from practicing this. But everyone, yeah. you know, I truly, you know, I truly believe I've learnt so much. What well, everything I've learnt is from other people also, mm. as well. So learning from others is really. Um, I get a lot from it. So it'd be nice to hear people's reflections, realisations, mm. things that they've realised in their in their life, and then we can. Uh, yeah. Right. And
0: we're also we're on Spotify now. We're, we're working on getting on Google po- Podcast, Apple Podcasts. We're gonna take over the world. We're gonna dominate. We're gonna be the best. We're gonna crush the opposition. <laughs> 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 we're gonna we're gonna be completely victorious.
1: Yeah, this is our humble attempt to try. Uh, <laughs> Yin Yang, there, uh, like <laughs> you, know, you know, to try and but there's so much negative vibration going on out there, you know. Yeah, yeah. S- you know, s- f- swirling around in the ether. Yeah, especially, so we're putting out some positive yeah. vibes. And yeah. thanks, Paul, for being here as well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, anytime. Like, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. And Charlie. Lovely. Thanks, Charlie. Hare, Hare, yeah. Hare Krishna, guys. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Well, and we've been a Welsh Yogis, and we'll see you again soon. Yeah.
0: Hare
2: Krishna. <laughs> Hare Krishna. <laughs> Shri Adreta Gadhar Shiva Sadhi Golmakar Nam Mata Sri Nam Sri Vedang Nam Yamur Nityananda Shri Adreta Gadhar Shiva Sadhi Golmakar